Welcome to Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 7 Review, Hard Home. This Game of Thrones podcast review is a part of IBN, the kind of classically bombastic network. You can find all of our content at iconoclassicallybombastic.com. You can follow the Amazon link and help support our page. You can also click on the ads. That all helps us here at IBN. So we have a really strong episode this this uh, this week, or I guess it was last Sunday. Very strong episode. A lot of people are saying it's the best episode of Game of Thrones yet. I wouldn't give it quite that episode. I think the Viper and the Mountain episode last year was very strong. I think that the Blackwater, did I say that right? Yeah. I think that the Blackwater episode was really strong from season one or season two. I can't remember. Those are very strong episodes. The episode where Ned died, to some degree, the episode where um, Joffrey died was also a strong episode. And then, too, you have to figure out what your opinion is on the zombies, which White Walkers, but I'm going to call them zombies interchangeably here because basically that's what they are zombies on steroids but it depends on what your uh philosophy on those are and there's some things i liked about that and there's some things i didn't like about that so we'll get into that but let's first let's start with sansa sansa and reek scene reek theon whatever you want to call them was a good scene it shows the growth of Sansa. She's in this impossible situation, but she's fighting back now. Last week, she tried to get Reek to send a message, which would ultimately bring Breen in, but he failed, which is Reek's thing. She's shown, shown growth. She's trying to fight back. This time, she intimidates Theon, even, even though that's not hard to do. She even says that she'll do the same thing, or she wished she could do the same thing to him that Ramsay did. So it's definitely a departure from the meek and mild little Sansa that we had come to know and not so much love for some people, but I had come to know and love Sansa because I always just known that she was in a difficult situation. And a lot of people want her to be like Arya, but it's very different, just so different, the characters and the situations they put in and the makeup. You can only be what you are. But we've seen a lot of growth on her part. We find out, or she finds out, that her brothers are alive through Theon. And I'm glad Theon actually told her that. I wish Theon had a little bit more character development. I know he's broken. But he couldn't come to that on his own and give her hope on his own. She's got to shove it out of him. He doesn't have any kind of memory of who he used to be. It's kind of convenient what they do whenever Ramsay needs him to come forth and be Theon, he's somehow able to be Theon. But on his own, he can never be Theon? I I just don't. I don't like the whole thing with Theon and Reek. But also, if you look at this scene, why was the rape on the show if it's not going to move anything forward? That makes me think it's shock value. If last week Theon had made a real attempt to help her out because he was so traumatized by watching her rape, then I would say, I'm not going to say it's worth it. And again, we're talking fantasy. I'm not really saying a woman should be raped. I'm saying with from a perspective of a storyline and writing perspective, then you say, okay, that had value. Now it has no value. 
because Theon failed, and now we're back where we started without it. So why did you have to show that to us? I just uh, that whole storyline's a mess. Later, um, we're still in Winterfell, but later we see Ramsay. He has a plan. He wants to go against his father, or at least he wants to help his father in a different way. Roose says, hey, we wait Stannis out. We've got the advantage. Winterfell is fortified. He's coming in unfamiliar terrain, and it's getting very cold. Winter is coming, as we always hear. Roose yeah, Ruth says that to dad. Ramsey, he says, hey, you give me 20 men, and I'll make something happen. So it should be interesting to see. I think what's going to end up happening with two episodes, we're not going to see a full-out assault on Winterfell, which is what I wished we had. We're going to see Ramsey go after Stannis' army, like, in a stealth way, I suppose. And it should be interesting to see who wins that battle. I don't know what Ramsey, what his uh, fighting credentials are. I know he won some battles, but it always seems like he has the tactical advantage as far as men. When he wins these battles and does these things, he pretty much easily goes over the opponents because he has superiority. So I'm not sure how much of it is his tactical skill and how much of it is he just has the advantage because of his father's forces. Then we go to Bravos. We have Arya. She's learning how to train with the faceless men, slowly learning to lie, to blend in, to become an assassin. She finally gets her first contract. She's supposed to kill a man at the harbor who basically, from what I and that seemed confusing to me, but basically he wouldn't uh, pay a life insurance policy. So Arya is going to be an agent of justice. Now, I wish all of that had happened this episode. This whole thing has been just, it's gone too slow. I feel like it's a waste. The payoff for all of this is Arya going to Westeros and just killing folks. Anything short of that, it's just nothing. It, it, it reminds me of Danny's storyline. It's like, okay, we're waiting for these people to go to Westeros, and they're just fooling around before they go back. When people have goals, I, I don't – when you have goals as passionate as Arya does, and we have goals as passionate as Danny does, I have a hard time believing they would get stuck on the other side of the world messing with these things. In Arya's case, it's, she's dependent on the faceless men to – help her, train her to be an assassin, to blend in. But they really could speed it up. She could at least be killing people and going through tests. It could have come a lot faster. So with that, that's been the second most disappointing storyline to me as far as the show has gone this year and being second only to the Dorn the storyline with Jamie, which luckily we didn't get to see any of this week. Speaking of Daenerys, she and Tyrion had their first conversation. Tyrion stands in the throne room beside Jorah, and Tyrion basically says, hey, you should let me be your advisor. I'm a good advisor. I used to be the hand of a king. I dealt with Joffrey, <laughs> and I did pretty well with that, and he was crazy. You've got to be better than that. I do have one quibble with this scene. It's that he said he was the Lannister killer, and he used his mother, and he used his father. Now, we all know he killed his mother through birth, and I don't think, just what we know of Tyrion, I don't think he would use, it, it, it kind of betrayed his character, because I don't think he would use his mother's death as something, as an enhancement, as a selling tool. just doesn't strike me as what Tyrion is, but, you know, that's a small quibble. I like the fact that he turned the tables on 
on Khaleesi by saying, hey, are you worthy? I know my credentials are here, but are you worthy of giving my life to? Because my life is basically over. I'm not a Lannister anymore. I don't have any of the power. I don't have any of the connections I used to have. I'm a hunted man. I'm a marked man. So do you have anything to offer me? And so it seems like Tyrion is a, a superior intellect to Daenerys, and he's also just a superior uh, strategist, which is why she needs him, by the way. So she asked him, she says, well, what should I do with the man standing next to you? What should I do with Jorah? And he basically says, you can't kill him because he's devoted to you, but at the same time, he shouldn't stay with you. So it was good advice. You you thought or you wanted Tyrion to bring Jorah back into the uh, good graces of Khaleesi, but it didn't happen. After all, he did kidnap him, but I thought they bonded. He made sure Jorah didn't die, which I thought was a good thing. And it was Tyrion, too. Tyrion, as much as he has a kind heart, he's very pragmatic. And that was a pragmatic piece of advice he gave him. As far as Jorah goes, I'm sick of him running like a lovesick puppy around behind Khaleesi. And he's never even gotten anything out of it. He just gets all this devotion. And I wish Khaleesi, at least from his loyalty, he, he protected her for years, as the show is implying. So why didn't she feel more towards him? It just, her character just doesn't have enough depth for me. But it's in the scene between the two of them, when they were just together, and I'm talking about Tyrion and Khaleesi, was very good. You saw how much they had in common, and you saw how the dynamic will work. I think that will be one of the most exciting parts of the show next season, and the remainder of this season, maybe. But just seeing Tyrion in action. We haven't seen Tyrion in action in a while, as far as him being the strategist. When he was the Hand of the King, I feel like he was at his best. That is where he's at his best, where he's a strategist, where he's an advisor to the powerful. We, in, in season one, he was on the run a little bit because Caitlin Stark thought he had something to do with Bran's death, or not death, assassination attempt. So we had him on the run, and that's fun too. But I like Tyrion close to the power. And then we go to... Cersei. Cersei's having a little trouble. She's getting smacked around a little bit. And a lot of people like to see the fact that Cersei was humbled. I'm not one of them. My baby is in trouble. But it was a powerful image to see Cersei licking water off the ground. They mentioned Jamie. They mentioned Tommen, which Tommen still continues to be a disappointment. He's going into his room and hide. I just think it's against human nature. Maybe it's just my personality, but I just think it's a, it's against human nature for him to sit there and do nothing when he has the power to lead an army to save his mother and wife. I, I just have a hard time. I'm sure there's some people that really are that soft and really are that passive. I just have a hard time fathoming that to put my head around it, and it feels like they're just using that as a plot device to get it. In the books, from what I understand and what I remember, he was too young to literally lead. And on the show, he's about 14, 13, 12. So he's got enough in him to show some rage and to look for vengeance. But people are gratified because Cersei was made low. Now we get to the White Walker scene and the scenes north of the Wall. Jon Snow goes to the Wildlings and gives his proposal. Basically, he says, look. Y'all can come unencumbered. I won't do anything to you. My people won't do anything to you. You can find farmland. I like the debate that they had between the I like the debate that they had between the wildlings. The female wildling was very compelling. When she came there, she was talking. 
she convinced them, most of them, to go with Jon Snow. And, of course, it was realistic. They didn't all just go. Some of them just stayed. And really what made this episode great or really good was that it came out of nowhere. You did not see. They were just getting on the boat. Some wildlings were going to stay. Some wildlings were going to go. You didn't see these White Walkers attacking coming. You just didn't. And just, it was just overwhelming, this just onslaught. And they just kept coming and coming. And then when you have them all cascading over the hill, visually, it was amazing. It definitely was one of the best fight scenes you'll see in Game of Thrones. Jon Snow was heroic. And I'm finally starting to grow on Jon Snow in this world of people that are so shady and devious. He's kind of pure at heart. And he's brave, and he's courageous, and his only real motivation is altruism. And you kind of need a hero like that. It's like, it works. It really does. I was sad to see the wilding lady die. I don't know if we'll have a Walking Dead thing where she comes back and confronts her own children, like in season one of Walking Dead, which I think would be lame. It would have been interesting to see another wilding interact with Jon Snow, a woman again, like Ygritte, but we don't get that. Uh, the blue, but then some of it was goofy, so I wasn't sure how I felt about it when I was watching it. But just thinking about it again, it was amazing, and it's a game changer for the show. I hope they don't go into a place of the show where this dominates, because this is really not why I watch the show. I don't want to see Walking Dead, where they do this occasionally, or they keep this in the wall storyline with Jon Snow. Then I can deal with that, but I, I don't want to see these guys type taking over Westeros and being around every corner. My standard here is I should never see Cersei and a White Walker in the same scene. If I never see Cersei or Jaime and a White Walker in the same scene, I would probably be happy. But if I do, I know the show has gone a little too far. This is a really good episode. I'd give it an A. It'll be interesting to see where they take things because there's still some storylines that are just out there dangling like with Cersei, which I won't give the spoiler, but there's still some, you know, which, what's going to happen with the Jamie and Dorn and Marcella. You have Arya. How are they going to finish the season with this? After all this happened, what does Jon Snow do? What, how do they respond? Tommen, you would imagine, at some point has to step up and be a man and try to get his mom and his, his wife out of there. And then you have the big confrontation between Stannis and the Boltons. So in the next two episodes, you should see HBO break the bank, possibly, with all the fight scenes and big scenes that we should see. But hopefully they won't take the easy way out. Also, you have Jorah, who basically signed up to be uh, Maximus from, uh, from Gladiator and is going to fight for Khaleesi. I see a death coming there, that he just dies, and then maybe Khaleesi feels something at the end when he gets to this great gladiator tournament. But we shall see. they got a lot of stuff to wrap up, and it doesn't feel as organic. And maybe it doesn't feel as organic because they didn't have the book to depend on. But again, good episode. I'll take your questions, your thoughts, your comments for next week's episode. And don't forget, you can find all the content and we have a lot of content. We've got an NBA Finals, if you're a basketball fan, NBA Finals previews on the page. We've got some music stuff on the page, some NFL preview stuff on the page. So lots of great stuff on the page to look at. Kind of classically bombastic.com. Till next time, have a great one.